Gospel of Luke. Turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. I like the Gospel of Luke. It's one of my favorites for sure. It's one of the synoptic Gospels. It sees things in the life of Christ like Matthew and Mark, and yet he was a companion of Paul, so he had the Pauline revelation as well, not nearly as obviously as John did. John was written decades after Paul's death, so John had it, and it was well known by that time, um, but Luke did certainly have it. All right, Luke chapter 12, verse 37, the Bible says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. All right, now the Lord is coming, and you ought to be concerned about what you're doing when he shows up. In other words, how he finds you. When you're at work and the boss comes around, you're a little bit more concerned about how you're working than when he isn't there. I just know that's true. And uh, when the boss comes back, and believe me, he's coming. Dad was teaching in Sunday school how Jesus said, I will come again. Um, believe me, he's coming. You'll be real concerned about how he finds you. So he says here in verse 37, The Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. Now think about that. Jesus is going to come and serve you. <coughs> now what in the world right do you and I have to be served by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God? The jewel. Hey, no wonder the Apostle Peter was amazed and said, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? I understand that. I know we have to let the Lord wash us, but that ought to shock us. That ought to humble us. Sometimes we sing that old hymn about um, brethren we have met to worship. And the verse there toward the end of that song says, Christ shall gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. You and I can't imagine the blessing and the honor of Jesus Christ serving us. That's something to not take lightly. But it's something we don't think about nearly enough. Alright now, so verse 37 uh, talked about the Lord Jesus sitting, make, making us sit down to meet if we're faithful servants and coming and serving, them, uh, serving us. Now verse 38, and if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. All right, so this tells us there's a little something to it. You've got to keep doing it because you don't know when he's coming. He might come in the second watch. He might come in the third watch. Whenever he comes, we need to be ready. Now, the thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to stay consistent. Now, that's tough. Now, if uh, we're having a revival coming up and I want to get myself all spiritual and fast and pray, and for a week, do real good and get rid of all my bad habits and pick up two or three good habits. You know, that might take some willpower, but I can do it for a week. But when the Lord says, I want you to stay this way because you don't know when I'm going to show up, that takes a little more commitment, doesn't it? You know what uh, disappoints me? And I've mentioned it several times throughout the years. It disappoints me when people that were faithful fall away from the Lord. That's a sad thing. That's a disappointing thing. Now don't get me wrong, if you trusted the Lord as your Savior, you're still saved and you'll still go to heaven. 
But you won't be so crazy about it when he shows up because he will have caught you not in fellowship with him. All right, verse 39 here in Luke 12 says, And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Alright, so the Lord says, Now, I'm going to serve you, back in verse 37, I'll make you sit down to meet, and I'll come forth and serve you. But notice who's going to be blessed here in verse 42. The servant that is faithful and wise, who is giving people their portion of meat in due season. Because it says in verse 43, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. You know what people do in leadership positions in the Lord's work? They serve others. They try to be a blessing and a help to others. So I want to preach this morning how I want my Lord to find me. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you come down now and your Holy Spirit bear witness to the truth of your word and teach us, dear Lord, this important truth. And God, I pray that, first of all, you'd come real soon. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray as John did at the end of Revelation there. But secondly, Lord, I pray that we'd be found faithful when you do come, whenever that is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to say this morning that when the Lord comes, His servants should be watching, verse 37, and ready, verse 40, and serving, verse 43. His Lord, when He cometh, shall find so doing. And what's so doing? Give them their portion of meat in due season. When you see a need, fulfill it. Now, I take for granted that I'm talking to saved people this morning. I'm talking mainly to people who have trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. You've asked Him to forgive your sins and wash your sins away. Believed on Him and He saved your soul. And that's all you have to do. It's a free gift. You don't have to put in any money. You don't have to obey, although you should. You don't have to do any works whatsoever. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Salvation is 100% free. But assuming that I'm talking to saved people who have trusted the Lord as their Savior, one thing you ought to be concerned with is how is the Lord going to find you when he comes back? All right, the first thing I want to say is this, and thank God for it. I am found. He found me. Jesus said here in this very gospel, the gospel of Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He found me. He sought me one day when I was lost in sin. With His own precious blood, He bought me. I am His, and He is mine. I am saved. He found me. Praise God for it. Like the lost items in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, just a couple chapters over. Um, is the famous chapter on the lost things. We have the lost sheep. We have the lost coin. We have the lost son and that famous uh, prodigal son. 
And uh, when he lost that sheep in that story in Luke chapter 15, you know what it says? It says after he found that sheep, he brought it back on his shoulders. You know where the Lord Jesus has had me sometimes here just recently? On his shoulders. When I couldn't handle it, didn't know what to do, he just picked me up and carried me. Tell you the truth, I was just making a mess of it even trying. <laughs> now I'm not trying to get you to not try. You ought to try. But once in a while, one of the good lessons of trying in difficult times is this. You see, you just have no idea what the world you're doing. <laughs> and the best thing for him to do is just pick you up and carry you out of there. And he's had to do that to me sometimes. Uh, like the lost sheep, he had me on his shoulders. Like the lost coin, I was in the midst of rejoicing. A poor woman had lost a coin, a silver coin, and uh, got sweeping around in the house and finally found it. And it said in Luke 15, verse 9, And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. It was a, it was a blessing to her to find that. that. That silver coin, that was worth something. If you have a coin that is pure silver, even today, you have something that's worth something. Yes. You know our coins are not pure silver, right? They haven't been for a long time. If you have a, a solid silver coin, you've got something that's worth something. If you just lose the dumb thing, that's aggravating. That's some money. And if you find it, you'll tell whoever your close friends or family members are that might know you have some silver. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I found that thing. And uh, like that lost coin, I have found myself right in a place of rejoicing. There's not a whole lot of rejoicing going on in this world right now. People are all talking about how happy they are, but they're all on dope trying to get some happiness. People are all talking about how happy they are, but they're all going and seeing a shrink counselor, therapist, whatever they want to call it, trying to find it. You know where you find joy? You find joy when you're found by the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why a lot of people are having to look in a bunch of other places? Because they don't have the real thing. And they're trying to get the, the temporary. When I've got a bad cold, I'll take some cold medicine. And I've still got the cold, but it masks the symptoms. If you're finding your happiness somewhere else other than the Lord... You're still miserable. You're just masking some of the symptoms. <laughs> and as soon as that music that you're listening to or that party that you're in or that little hot romance that you're in or whatever it is you're doing that's masking the symptoms, as soon as that wears off, and it always does, <laughs> your misery shows through again. Amen. And that's what's going on. Thank God I was found, and like that coin, I was in the middle of some rejoicing. And like the lost son, I was in the middle of fellowship. And of course, you know the famous story of the prodigal son, the lost son here in Luke chapter 15. And it says in verse 23, when he, him, he came back, the dad says, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. They were fellowshipping. They were glad they had been reunited. Here in a couple of months, we'll start getting ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And there will be a lot of mamas that are real happy that the family's getting back together. A lot of grandparents and a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins you're going to find that real precious. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing more precious than the people that you love that have been estranged or have been away, and they come back. Yeah. Oh, that is, a, that is a fulfillment, and that is a restoration that I can't explain. The Bible says they began to be merry. I am found like the lost items in Luke 15. All right, uh, I'll tell you something else about how I'm found. I'm found in mercy. Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.18, The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. Uh, 
We are sinners. Yes. Every one of us yeah. fail Amen. every day. Now, thank God for how we have improved since we've been saved and studying our Bible and gotten fellowship with the Lord. But we're still a long way from perfect, aren't we? Amen. Amen. So you know what I still need? Mercy. Yes. I am found like the lost items in Luke 15. And let me tell you something else about how I'm found in mercy. Uh, these days, everybody's talking about justice. Don't ever talk about justice. Where God may hear you. And uh, by the way, that's about anywhere. <laughs> can you think of a place you could go talk about justice and God wouldn't hear you? <laughs> Let me tell you about justice. God Almighty knows the justice you deserve. Yes. And you don't want it. Amen. You don't want justice. You want mercy. Yes. You know where I'm found? In mercy. Yes. I did not get what I deserve. I have, and where I have gotten punished, it was less than I deserved. And where I'm going to get punished in the future, it's less than I deserve. And there's a lot of punishment I'll never even face because of mercy. You want to be found somewhere? Be found like those lost items in Luke 15 on the shoulders of Jesus and in the middle of rejoicing and in restored fellowship with the Father. You want to be found? Be found in mercy. And don't ever even utter the word justice in relation to yourself. Found in mercy. Here's a great one. I am found in him. You know what Paul said he was wishing for in Philippians chapter 3? And be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. When we get saved, we become part of the body of Christ. We are in Him. You know why I know I'll never lose my salvation? Because I am part of Jesus Christ. I am yes. in Jesus Christ. Amen. When somebody says, he said that I am, my sheep hear my voice, and he says that I am, they are in my hand, and somebody said, well, what if you slip through his fingers? And somebody else answered, I'm one of his fingers. You are part of the body of Christ. For part of Jesus to perish is not possible. You know what I, what I am happy about my finding? I am found in Him, in the body of Jesus Christ. All right, I'll tell you something else that proves uh, I'll not face judgment. I am found in the book of life. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 said, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if you're not found written in the book of life, you're cast into the lake of fire. What if you are found written in the book of life? You are not cast into the lake of fire. <laughs> you know where my name is? It is in the book of life. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. You know how I know my name will be called? Because it's in the book of life. Found in the book of life. And then since I've been saved, you know where I've been found? I've been found in the way. Now, believe me, I've got stuck over in the weeds a couple times. I've taken a wrong turn and got lost a couple times. But I am on the right way. You could be going from here to Nashville and the interstate be closed down because of a bad wreck or something. And you have to take a detour. And while you're on that detour, get, get a little lost and not be 100% sure where you are. 
but it won't take long till you can find a sign that says Nashville and you still be headed to Nashville even though you took a detour. Now, I'm headed for glory and I got some things uh, wrong from time to time on my way, but the general direction is still headed to the Lord Jesus Christ and praise the Lord for it. Found in the way. Acts chapter 9, verse 2, when uh, Paul had been going to, was still named Saul actually at the time, and he was going to persecute the church, it said he desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. You know how Saul would recognize the people he needed to arrest and bring into jail? The ones who were of this way. There's a way you're supposed to live after you're saved that identifies you as a Christian. And you've heard the illustration before where somebody asks, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what the evidence is. It's whether or not you're living according to this way. That's what Saul was looking for. Luke 24:32, when uh, the disciples on the road to Emmaus found the Lord Jesus and got talking to him. Here's what it says. It says, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? You know how I know I'm in the way? Because once in a while my heart gets burning inside of me when I hear those scriptures. We were singing that song a minute ago, The Love of God, and it was all I could do to sing it hold it together. You know why? Because I got thinking about the love of God and how it's going to go no matter what and how it's in place no matter what. And it's a shame that there will be people calling on the rocks and mountains to fall on them because they wouldn't receive the love of God. Real stubborn, stupid thing to do. But the love of God is still available. They just refused it. If you end up in hell, it won't be because God sent you there. It'll be because you was determined to go in spite of everything he could do to stop it, up to and including giving the lifeblood of his only begotten son to keep you out of there. Amen. Yeah. The love of God is offered. And it is amazing how constant and steady and amazing it is. In the way of persecution, like in Acts chapter 9. In the way of fellowship with Jesus, with the heart burning. In the way of God's leading, like in Genesis 24, where the servant of Abraham said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. You ever feel a little bit lost? You ever get lost over in the weeds like I've mentioned that I've gotten a few times in the Lord's fellowship and service? A lot of times the reason is we didn't, be careful to stay in the middle of the road and stay in the way where his leading is. You get off the road and his leading isn't there. And you have to say, okay, Lord, come get me on your shoulders and carry me out of this thicket I'm stuck in. Yeah. You get off of the road. You know, when you're on the interstate highway, every, I mean, just every few miles, there's another uh, sign that says Nashville or Knoxville or what the next road is. But you get off in the we got some country roads here in Tennessee, don't we? You can get off that interstate, you can get on some country roads, and there's nothing telling you which way is Nashville or Knoxville or Chattanooga or whichever direction you're going. And you get lost quick. Sometimes you get off the road of the Lord's leading, and uh, it, it's hard to tell where you're at. 
first thing you do is say, Jesus, come get me. I'll never find it. And I'm, talk, I'm not talking about for your salvation. I'm talking about in your fellowship with him. All right, I'll tell you something else you find in the way. Acts 26, 13, Paul's giving his testimony. And he says, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and then which journeyed with me. You know why you ought to stay in the way? Because that's where the light is. We live in a difficult day. You're going to need some light. Uh, you're going to be working with some people that are in some problems in their families and in their finances and in their health and God knows what in their personal life. And it's, it's such a complicated mess. You're not going to be sure what to tell them. There are going to be some business things you're going to come up on that are so contorted and difficult, you're not going to be sure what's the right thing to do. You're going to need some light from heaven. And you know what it needs to be? It needs to be a real bright one. You've been working on something and it's kind of dark outside and you can't see it and you need a light and the little light from your phone helps some but it isn't near as good. You need one of those big old floodlights so you can really see what's going on. Thank God His light is a light above the brightness of the sun. And where does He find this light? At midday, O King, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Now for your next decision in life, where to go to school, what job to take, where to move, who to marry, whatever the case may be. You're going to want a light from heaven. You know where you'll find that? In the way. Living like a Christian ought to. That'll be real precious to you. You don't want to marry the wrong person. You don't want to move to the wrong place. You don't want to take the wrong job. You don't want to make the wrong decision in your personal life. And it'll sure bless you if you have the light, as the, as the Bible is called, the Word of God is called. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's found in the way. But I'll tell you something else about being in the way. Once in a while when you get off of the way, the Lord Jesus still has compassion on you. Hebrews 5, 2 says, Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now from time to time in your Christian life, even reading and studying the Bible, and even being under good Bible teaching and preaching, and good Christians and good music, and all the things that will help you, because we're imperfect, because we're still sinners, you're going to get out of the way. What you want to do, you're going to stay on the way as long as possible. And even when you get off the way, you want to stay as close as possible. Because in the way, there is the Lord. And He has compassion on those even that get out of the way. So the first thing I want to say is, I am found. I am found like the maniac of Gadara. You say, yeah, you're a maniac. <laughs> Amen, I'm found just about like he is. Luke chapter 8 when that devil-possessed guy that was crazy and they tried to tie him up and he just broke the chains and was yelling and screaming and cutting himself and everybody was scared to even be around him. This is what happened when Jesus showed up. It says in Luke 8, 35, Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. 
Thank God we're found. We're found with the devil's departed. Uh, there might be some people in here that are devil influenced, but I'm pretty sure I haven't come in here and somebody devil possessed to the point that they're yelling and screaming and crying and cutting themselves and hanging out in graveyards day and night. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you're saved, what you've done, done, you've been found. In this man's case, he was found with the devil's departed. He was found sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember with Mary and Martha? And Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. And Jesus said, Mary hath chosen that better part which has not been taken, which shall not be taken from her. You know what you need to do? Sit at the feet of Jesus. Every morning when you wake up, open that Bible. Every mor morning as you read it, pray. Say, Lord, show me something here. Say, God, give me an answer to this problem. Lord, show me what is the next step because what, what I'm doing right now isn't working. I'm messing something up somewhere. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Here's a good one. Clothed. Oh, how the world, the flesh, and the devil love nakedness. You know what this crazy devil-possessed man was? He was running around naked. We just came through the summer months. You know what people were doing? They were running around naked. You know who influences you to do that? It ain't Jesus. No, amen. Many a missionary has told that when they go out in those foreign lands and they're uh, preaching the gospel and somebody gets saved, one of the first things they do in many of the cases is they put some clothes on. You know what Adam and Eve did whenever they realized their guilt? They made themselves aprons. They started wanting to cover their nakedness. When God starts dealing with you, you don't run around naked. But when the devil is running you, yeah, you love the flesh. The flesh is the thing you want to show off. Yes. Clothed. And here's a good one. In his right mind. Have we not been talking for the last year or so how mentally sick yes. our generation is? Is it not in all the medical literature? Is there not a new article every week or two coming out on it? We're messed up! Yes. Does Jesus help you get in a sound mind? Yes, yes He does. Yes. Do devils help with that? No, they don't. Is this generation more influenced by devils or Jesus? Amen. The evidence is piling up. I am found. Now let's talk about how I do not want to be found. Mark chapter 14, verse 37. The Lord's getting ready to go make that great sacrifice at Calvary. And uh, he's out praying and he leaves the disciples. And he comes back to them at one point in the night and says in Mark 14, 37, And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Spirit truly is ready. But the flesh is weak. A few verses later, Mark 14, 40, And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. When the Lord comes back, I don't want to be found asleep. No. I want to be awake, and I'm speaking spiritually, of course. Yes. Um, I don't want to be asleep. I want to be saying, oh man, look at, the, look at what is happening to families and Oh, man, look at what's happening to the young men in our day. Oh, man, look what is happening to the young women in our day. Oh, man, look what is happening to the older saints in our day. Oh, man, look what is happening to the poor lost of our day. 
Let's be awake. Let's be alert. Let's be noticing. Let's be burdened. Let's be ful fulfilling the ministries that we can. I know we can't do all of them. We can't even do several of them. But we can do one or two. Yeah. And we can be faithful in those one or two. You pick one or two and you be faithful in them. That is what the Lord is looking for. He's not looking for somebody to just cover every base that's out there. You'd run yourself crazy even trying. But you get one or two and you be faithful in it. I don't want to be found sleeping. All right, I'll tell you another one. I don't want to be found idle. There is way too much idleness in our day. The old saying is, idle hands are the devil's workshop, or an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Whenever you're just sitting there not thinking about anything, not working on anything, that's when the flesh comes up and says, well, then good, let's do something that tastes good or feels good or is exciting or fun or whatever that gives a thrill. No, be busy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against fun. I want you to have a little fun once in a while. <laughs> but when that's all you're living for, that's a problem. Amen. You don't want to be found idle. Matthew chapter 20, there's that great story of the employer that comes out and finds the people and can't find uh, enough workers and needs more workers. And it says in Matthew 20 verse 3, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? Hey, that's a good message to be preached to some Christians in our day. Why stand ye here all the day idle? Now, I know you can't do everything, but pick one or two things and do them. Don't be idle. Praise the Lord. Hey, some young people need to hear it. Our little electronic screens that we carry around will make you sit there idle all day long. Before you notice that you've been on those dumb things two hours, four hours, six hours, and you haven't done a bunch of things that need to be done. And I'm not preaching down at anybody. I love the things, too. There's entertainment. There's education. There's all kinds of things with them. We need to set the dumb things down. Whatever it is that's distracting you. Some people are so obsessed with making money, that's all they ever do. And spiritually speaking, they're sitting there idle. Because every spare minute is how to make another dime. Every spare minute is into whatever their particular thing is that they're hooked on. It'll take over. I don't want to be found sleeping, and I don't want to be found idle. Here's a, one I've already referred to a little bit. I don't want to be found naked. And of course, I'm, in this case, I'm speaking spiritually speaking. When we uh, are clothed, it's in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, we need to be saved. But um, also, we need to be clothed in some good works. That's the thing that shows about you is when you stay busy for the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found nakedness. Naked. Revel, uh, Revelation 3 speaks of nakedness again. It says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Revelation 19 again, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. You know what will 
put your clothes on you on judgment day, the good works that you've done, the righteousness that you've done as saints. You know how you'll be embarrassed? Have you ever had that silly dream that sometimes people have, psychologists tell us about, where you have a dream and you go out in public and you don't have your pants on or something, you know, and it's all embarrassing and everything, and you wake up, well, I'm glad that was just a dream. Well, on judgment day, when you get up there and you see all these people that have gone serving the Lord and they've led these people to the Lord and preached the gospel and helped with ministry and done all these things, and you get up there and you didn't do any of them, you just scrolled social media, looked at videos, whatever you got going, that'll be a shame yeah. at the judgment seat of Christ. And it's likened to showing up somewhere naked. <laughs> Think how embarrassing it would be to show up somewhere naked. Think how embarrassing it will be on judgment day yes. when you got saved and didn't do a thing for the Lord Jesus. Now again, I'm not saying worry yourself to death doing things for you know hours and hours and hours every day. I'm just saying Take a couple ministries, be a blessing to some people, be a blessing to some Christians, be a blessing to some elderly, be a blessing to some children, get the gospel out to some lost people, edify some saints, just pick one or two things that will help do some of those things, and be faithful at it. That's how I want the Lord to find me, not naked. Here's another good one. I don't want to be found in carnal sin and strife. The Corinthian church, they were gifted and everything, so they got real proud of themselves. Only by pride cometh contention. You want to get in a fight with somebody, just get real proud of yourself and how you're doing your family or how you're doing your ministry or how you're not doing somebody else's bad habits or you're doing somebody's doing some good habits that somebody else isn't doing. Get self-righteous and real proud of yourself. And I'm proud of you for those things. Those are good things. But always temper your pride with the fact that you got plenty of other areas you're failing in. Always remember both sides of that coin. Because as soon as you get proud, next thing you know, you'll get fighting with some other Christian that sees things a little different than you in a place or two. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as ye would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Paul says, now I'm going to come back there, and there will be some of you all lifted up and proud and everything, and you over here in a dirty sexual sin bragging about what a great Christian you are. And what goes on in places like that? Debates, envyings, wrath, strife, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. That sounds like some Baptist churches I know. I don't want to be found like that. I want to be found in peace. All right, so those are the ways I don't want to be found. Now, as we close, let me talk about how I do want to be found. When he does come, I do want to be found this way, faithful. First Corinthians 4, it is required among stewards that a man be found faithful. Now I wish I could say I would be found perfect. I can already tell you that's not going to happen. But I tell you what I can do, I can be faithful. I can, when it's time for me to be at church, I can be at church. When it's time for me to read my Bible, I can read my Bible. When I have an opportunity to witness, I can say something for the Lord. I may not can go through a two-hour theological discussion, but I can speak up for Jesus and yes. say He loves you and He loved me. Amen. And He's made a difference in my life. I can take a few seconds and do that. 
I can be found faithful. All right, faithful first of all in God's house. When the Lord Jesus was found even at 12 years old, guess where they found him? Luke chapter 2, And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. When somebody is listening closely, you know what they do a lot of times? They ask questions. You know how I know Nicodemus was interested when the Lord talked to him? He said, you must be born again. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He said, Lord, explain. If you don't care, you know what you do in a case like that? You just say, well, who knows what in the world that means, born again. I'm an old man. How in the world could I be born again? You just walk away. You don't care. But when you care and you really want to get at it, you ask some questions. Hey, wait a minute. Tell me more. Hey, wait a minute. How do I do that? What would that look like? Explain what that means. So hearing and asking questions. I'll tell you something else about coming to church and being under the teaching and preaching and being around God's people. It'll have an effect of some purifying on you. Some purifying on you. If you've been in church very long, you know it doesn't do all the purifying that's needed. You know plenty of people in church that's fallen into some pretty bad sin, don't you? But it'll help some. You know what Paul said in Acts 24, 8? He says, Whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult. He said, I showed up in the temple, and they found me purified in there. You know what? Church is a good place to get purified if you want to. It's not automatic. Just because you walk in a church and just because you sit in a pew doesn't automatically mean you'll be purified. But you can find it in there if you want to if it's a Bible-believing Baptist church. In God's house, purified in the temple with the brethren. Acts 28, 14 says, For we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. Uh, one reason you ought to be in the house of God is you'll find some brethren in there. And they desire you. And our, our fellowship will help each other. And iron sharpeneth iron, as the Word of God says. So I want to be found faithful in God's house. I'll tell you another place I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful in prayer. Oh, if there's one thing the Bible-believing Baptists have dropped off in recent generations, they have greatly lessened their amount of prayer. And we have all these labor time-saving devices. You would think we had more time than ever to pray. But we're spending less time than ever to pray. You know why? Because in getting rid of the labor and time devices, and, and because of our devices, we've also got devices now that distract us unbelievably and keep us doing anything but praying. I want to be found faithful in prayer. Luke 18, verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know what you ought to do? Always pray. Paul says it this way, Pray without ceasing. I want to be found faithful in God's house. I want to be found faithful in prayer. I want to be found faithful in fruitfulness. Fruitfulness means uh, you have some results. When the apple tree grows, it's just sticks and leaves, unless apples actually grow on it. 
That's the result. That's the fruit that it bears. I want to be found in faithfulness, in fruit bearing. Mark eleven thirteen, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. I don't want the Lord to come and find me with nothing but leaves. I want to bear some fruit for him. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. I want to see somebody get saved. I want to see somebody get re reclaimed back to the Lord. I want to see some people grow in the knowledge of the Lord and motivated to serve the Lord. I want some fruit that will taste good to the Lord. The Bible talks about these things over in John 15 really well. I won't take long here, but I'll just quickly hit a few of these things. John 15, verse 2, the Bible says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. There's a possibility that you bear no fruit. Isn't that sad? But the rest of the verse goes for, goes on to say, And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So you could have no fruit, or you could bear some fruit. Now here's the negative side of that. Boy, I hate to bring up the negative side. I just want to tell you, if you'll just do right, it'll be always good all the time, but i got to be honest. When you bear fruit, I wish I didn't have to talk about this. When you bear fruit from the Lord, I will guarantee you what's coming next. A pruner. He is going to cut on you. And it almost seems like he is punishing you for doing good. That's not what he's doing. Look at the verse. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He said, wait a minute, this one's alive. This one is bringing, bringing forth some apples or grapes or whatever. I'm going to cut on it a little bit. I'm going to purge out the dead part. And that, that involves some cutting. So it'll bring forth more fruit. Now listen, it's a blessed thing to bring forth fruit for the Lord. But don't quit just because he gets out the pruner and cuts on you a little. I can already tell you that's coming. Young people, live for the Lord. Serve him. Marry somebody else that loves the Lord. Work a job that is dedicated, that, that allows you to still be dedicated to the work of the Lord. Go to a church that encourages you being busy with the Lord. Hang out with Christian friends that encourage it. Listen to the kind of music that encourages it. Look at the kind of uh, videos that encourage it. Do all that. And it'll be a blessing and you'll bear fruit for the Lord. But I cannot sit here and tell you that you'll have no trials if you do that. Some of the trials will be the devil trying to discourage you from it. And some of the trials will be the Lord trying to cut off some dead parts from you that will help you do even better. Decide, when you decide to serve the Lord, that you're going to serve Him, even when it doesn't seem like it's paying right then. Now that's going to take some faith. There have been a couple times in my life where I was scared to do anything for the Lord because the last couple things I had done didn't exactly work out right, and I thought, well, no matter what I try to do, I fail. And you know what I did? I just gritted my teeth and said, Lord, I'm trusting you to bring me through and kept trying, hoping this one wasn't another mess up of mine. I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll bring you through. But now there will be some trials. So there's no fruit, there's fruit, and then there's more fruit. Now look down at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth, look at it, much fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. There's no fruit. There's fruit. There's more fruit. There's much fruit. And I'll give you one more. Verse 16 here in John 15 says this. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Boy, that's an important thing. Fruit that remains. A lot of fruit doesn't last. Is it real? I don't know. I don't know whether it is or not. But I know what I'm shooting for is fruit that remains. All right, I want to be found faithful in God's house in prayer and fruitfulness. I want to be found faithful in preaching. Acts 8.40, but Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached. I want to be found faithful walking in the truth. 2 John verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. Let God find you. Let uh, other Christians looking for Christian friends find you. Let other Christians find your children and the people that you have influence over. Let them find five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, if the Lord tarries is coming, some people you've influenced that are still walking in the truth. Hey, one other way I want to be found, I want to be found blameless or spotless. It's not sinlessly perfect, but it means the things that I did do wrong, I dealt with them. I made them right. I asked for forgiveness. I corrected them. And if I didn't correct them perfectly, I at least greatly improved. I was making progress. The Bible says about a deacon wanting to serve the Lord and let these also first be proved and let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. 2 Peter 3 says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing you look for such things, be diligent that, that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And one of these days, praise God, he'll make us blameless. He'll give us that glorified body with no sin nature. Jude verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. One of these days, me and you will be up there in the presence of his glory and we'll be faultless. And we will have exceeding joy at that point. Revelation 14, 5 talks about some people up in heaven and it says in their mouth was found no guile for they are without fault before the throne of God. You know how I do want to be found? I want to be found blameless. And one of these days, I'll truly be found blameless. I'm going to strive for it the best I can in the meantime. How do you want to be found? I trust that you're found in the sense that you're saved. One of these days, the Lord is coming back. We need to be watching. We need to be ready. We need to be faithfully serving. Is that your testimony this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance to read and study your word. God, I pray you'll take these.